Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Good morning to everyone, and thanks for joining us here at Asbury this morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Jamie Smith. I'm the assistant pastor here at Asbury, and today I'd like to speak to you a little bit about Luke 23, more specifically verses 32 through 43. I would like to discuss with you all how we can relate in one way or another with the two criminals we are introduced to in Luke 23. Now, the book of Luke, generally known as the Gospel according to Luke, is one uh, that presents a summary or a general view of the whole account of Jesus' birth, his death, resurrection, and his ascent to heaven. Now, chapter 23, verses 32 to 43, uh, gives us the account for the death of Jesus. Now, Jesus, after being betrayed by Judas, handed over to the Romans for crucifixion, was nailed to the cross like a criminal, along with two thieves we are going to briefly discuss this morning. Now, death on the cross to the Romans was a terrible thing and a form of capital punishment for criminals which can be compared to the death sentence in today's justice system. Jesus, as God, came to earth in the form of a man and was subject to a shameful death. We hear in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. We also see it referenced in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. He humbled himself and lived among them, helped, fed, and healed them. Yet, he was chosen for condemnation and death instead of the criminal Barabbas. Finally, on the cross, Jesus was with two thieves, one on the right and one on the left. In this message, it's important to understand the role of Jesus on the cross. First, Jesus knew no sin, yet he went through shame and humiliation to the point of praying to the Father and asking why the Father had abandoned him. It also added insult to injury to be crucified between two obvious criminals. But there's a story here and a lesson. As a Christian, sometimes we feel abandoned by God. We hardly think of the reward God might have in mind for us when we're in such situations. We need to understand that every good thing comes at a cost. And there is a price to pay. The Father paid a price for wanting to restore man back to his rightful position, and the only price was to sacrifice his only begotten Son, Jesus. Now, shifting now to the other two men on the cross. It's not too difficult for me to relate to these two criminals here. The first criminal says, Aren't you God? Save yourself and save us. Essentially, what the first criminal is saying to Jesus here is, is this Are you God? Do you claim to be God? Prove it. Win me over. Get me out of this sticky situation. Likely a situation that this first criminal had put himself in. We've all heard the question. If there is a good and loving God, why do bad things happen? Maybe there is someone in your life. A a friend, a family, co-worker. Perhaps it's maybe even you. That have had this very same question. Why am I going through so many difficulties in my life? Maybe they blame God for the hardships in their life. Maybe they have the impression that life should be a bed of roses and that we should always get what we want and and that we should always be happy all the time. When things don't go the way we perceive them as going, it's God's fault. It could be a loss they suffered, 
a loss of a job, loss of a loved one, a failed marriage, a loss of a child perhaps. Could even be like the first criminal and, and it's a hardship due to a foolish decision that they've made in their own life. I've been there myself and I'm sure you've experienced this in your lives as well. Aren't you God? Then save me. As if, as if God owes us something. Some people, either they don't accept it or they just don't realize it. That when Jesus was betrayed, denied, rejected, and despised, but yet he brought salvation to mankind, it wasn't quite enough for them. Now, I can only speak for myself here, but I can tell you honestly, I haven't done anything in my life to merit God owing me anything. Do you notice though? Jesus doesn't respond to this first criminal. Now, what was, what, what was going through my mind when I was reading this was, what do you think he's doing? Hanging on this cross. He's saving you. He's saving us. And then, and then the second criminal speaks up. He essentially says, are you crazy? You're hanging on the same cross as us. Then he says something so humble, yet, but yet so powerful. We are punished justly. We are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Now, make no mistake about it. These criminals in Luke 23, they're getting punished for things they have done. One could argue they are getting exactly what they deserve. Although, I'm not entirely convinced that anyone deserves a Roman crucifixion. However, there is no doubt that they do they do deserve punishment for the crimes they've committed. Nowhere, nowhere does it say that these criminals have acknowledged God. They have lived godly lives. They have never once made any apologies for the trouble they have caused. I don't see anywhere where they have shown any sign of faith that they have given back to their communities or shown love to their neighbors. To our knowledge, all they have done is cause hurt, pain, lie, deceive others. They are getting what they deserve. There's no doubt. But I think one of the two criminals here is just starting to realize it now. Now, let me ask you this. Do you ever feel like this? Have you ever come, came to the real, realization that I may deserve all the bad that has come in my life? This first, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Maybe I didn't pray good enough. Maybe I've earned what I'm going through. Maybe there are people in your life that have felt like this, feeling that, like they have earned all the troubles in their life, that this is the price they are paying. It's just that I lost my job. It's just my marriage is failing. The rejection by families, friends, and even those that are close to you. It's just that things aren't going the way I have planned them to go. Then the second criminal says this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom? It's like a question, isn't it? Would you? Could you? Could you just please remember me? For such a small verse, it has so much in it. The criminal is saying a lot here, and this is where I can relate most. The, the criminal doesn't have anything specific here. There is no time frames offered. I mean, the guy doesn't have a lot of time left, but he's not asking for any guarantees, no divine signs. It's just a simple and innocent request. I mean, 
it's not like he's bargaining with Jesus. He, he's in a hopeless place right now. He's realizing he doesn't have anything to offer, nothing to bargain with. This is just a humble plea from a desperate man who is realizing that everything he is getting, he deserves. And he looks to God and he says, would you please just remember me? Uh, have you ever felt that way? I know I have many times. I see it and hear it quite often in others as well. That I couldn't pray to God. That they shouldn't be in church. That they deserve everything they're going through. That they don't deserve the grace of God. And Jesus' response is such a powerful statement. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. From the cross, a place intended for, for total defeat. Everyone present at the time sees a man moments away from death. But he's not, is he? He's moments away from completing one of the greatest acts, sacrifices, ever taken place. You say, how, how do bad things turn to good? The death of Christ, the worst thing in history, resulting in the greatest thing in history. The greatest sacrifice known to man, resulting in the eternal life for all. Then Jesus turns to this criminal. He's at a point of total loss. And he says, today. Not, not when you work things out. Not when you say your prayers. Maybe go to church. Not when you join a small group or even volunteer somewhere in your community. It's not after you only re can recite Psalm 23. Not when you start to read the Bible or go ask your neighbor to forgive you. Today. Today you will be with me in paradise. Now, looking at the thief on the left-hand side of the cross, it shows that people in the same situation as yours can sometimes look at, for ways of mocking and challenging your faith instead of facing the situation. If these people will just take a moment to consider the fact that for every cross, there is grace. If they would just seek the King of Glory, who is the Savior regardless of their situation, even if it, even if it was them that they were the cause of their situation, you know, like the, the thief on the right side. God's love and kindness is always available. The thief on the right side of the cross realized that he deserved to be in the situation he found himself, but saw a way of escape by grasping at the opportunity of salvation without delay, and he was saved. We might sometimes find ourselves in bad and terrible situations, not because God is testing our faith, but due to our own sins, our own misdeeds, our own foolishness. And if we come to the redeeming grace like the thief on the right side of the cross, there is assurance of salvation, of peace, and joy in the full. Referring to 1 John chapter, chapter 1, verse 9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Jesus shed his blood for, for both criminals, just as he shed his blood for you and I. The gift of grace is for all to receive, and all we need to do is wake up and realize it. Jesus wants us to come to him. The choice is ours. Let go of your burdens. Let go of your past. There is no room for regret or guilt in paradise. Just Jesus and his love for us. Now, I would encourage you all to remember the gift of grace we, are all, we all have been given. I would encourage you all not to lose sight of the fact that we can all come to Christ, regardless of what we think we, we have to offer. 
It's a gift from God. And it's been paid in full. All we have to do is look towards Christ, ask Him, and then follow Him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may you open our hearts, eyes, and ears to your gift of grace. We thank you for Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us in our eternal life. When we fall short or sometimes lose sight of that gift, please remind us that our sins have been covered in Christ's blood. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.